our speaker, Jakub Bugajemko. So uh, he will introduce himself because he knows himself the best. So Way better than you know me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we just met this morning. Yes, that's right. So enjoy the session and, uh, and have a nice uh, day. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for uh, coming to this room. Uh, a few questions before we start. How many of you actually selected this room and knowing what we're going to talk about? Or none. Oh. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> and how many of you are actually PMPs? Wow, that scares me. I wanted to impress you with that, but <laughs> now I understand that we're on the same page, which is good. Uh, how many of you understand my English? That's good. Perfect, I'm comfortable now. So the talk will be about something quite controversial, quite unusual, uh, which, which shouldn't scare you too much. I'm ready to, you know, to, to I'm, I'm open for discussions, I'm open for, uh, for questions. We will have, I think, questions in the end. And how many, my, my last question, how many of you think of yourself as agile managers? Not just project managers, but agile managers. Oh. Which is good, because I've been with a something similar subject on the conference about Agile, and one of the guys in the, in the room said, like, how did they let you in in this conference in the first place? Like, <laughs> you're talking about something which is a kind of against Agile, so you, you're not supposed to be here. So my information, I'll be more focused on, as I see, a proper project management versus Agile project management. So let's start right from the, from the, from the information I have. So how do I understand the project management? I don't have so many slides, just 10 of them. So I'll, I'll try to keep it short. So how do I understand the project manager? Who is this project manager? Who is the, what is the role of a project manager? I think that philosophically speaking or conceptually speaking, we have, we have some chaos around us. We have something which is happening around us and we need to put some structure on this chaos. We have some resources around us. We have time, we have uh, money, we have people, we have something else. And we need to structure that in order to achieve some result. So this is basically what the project management is for, and the, what the, the role of a project manager is to put the structure on chaos. That's how I understand. That's what PM Bok is about, is that uh, we have some, some basic principles and rules of how we can structure this chaos around us in order to know when the result will be achieved. And in order to do that, we need to be able to control that resource project manager is basically the person who controls what's going on with these resources around us, around the, the, the result which we're going to achieve. So we have some goal, we have some resources, and the project manager is the person who stays on top of that, controls how resources are being managed, and to make sure that, uh, that we're going the right direction. This is, the, the, this is what the project manager was invented for, as far as, as, far as I understand. But unfortunately, this is not what we have right now in our projects, especially in this agile projects, and that's especially with this modern trend of, 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 of management. I think that what's happening now is that instead of having managers, we are having coordinators. We are not, we, I mean we managers, we are project managers, we're not controlling our projects anymore. Basically projects control us. This software, I'm from the software development business. I mean, how many of you are also in the, computer business or high-tech management? Okay, good, so we're on the same page, most of you. So when I'm doing software development and I, I see how the software teams are being managed, in most situations, uh, they manage managers instead of managers manage them. 
So managers are not anymore controlling this chaos. The chaos is happening somehow, and the project managers are becoming simply coordinators or supervisors of what's happening. So we do not give instructions to programmers, we do not give them plans, we do not give them uh, specific orders. We basically uh, give them goals, we give them values, we, we're trying to put them on the same page with the business, we give them vision, like many other presenters or many conferences are talking about, like this is so important to give value to, programmer, to, ex to programmers, explain them what the, what the big why is, like what are we working for, but it's not about actually what the PMBOK is talking about. It's not about scope management, it's not about time management, it's not about money management. It's, it's basically about leadership, maybe. And in most, and in most situations, just overseeing what's happening, not uh, influencing what's happening. Not telling them what to do, but just seeing what they do and coordinating somehow and basically translating the information from these programmers to the upper management. So this is what's going on, this is what the results are, this is our velocity, for example, this is what we've achieved in the end, by the end of the month, this is the report, that's the report. This is our plan for the next month, that's what the project managers are doing right now. And this is what really bothers me, this is what I really don't like. That we are not, we're not doing what PMBOK is telling us to do, we're getting this PMP certifications, I know so many people who have this PMP certificates, and they're still doing this, uh, coordination, supervising, but not managing. So let me ask you, how many of you actually in your projects have risk management plans? But this is risk management, like on paper, we have this document which is called risk management plan. So a few, right? But this is one of the core instruments of a project management. And, and, and I, I can ask many questions like that, and, and every time the answer will be like, maybe yes. So which means that instead of actually managing like PMBOK says, instead of actually, like I'm saying, directing the project into the right direction, we are just seeing what's going on and reporting to the management like, this is, this is the situation, this is what we have, give us more money. And as long as the money coming in, we're just there and the project is alive. As long as there's no money in anymore, we just start another project. So I'm, I think that this is what you've seen, you, you see the situation in your, in your companies as well. I see it a lot. And this is really bad, I believe. And I will try to show why, I'll, why it's happening and, and I will <laughs> try to suggest a solution. I think one of the key problems is because, the because we are organizing the communication in the wrong way. This is how it looks. We have some project manager on top called Jim and Jim basically is supposed to manage these two people, let's say the team of two people, to manage these two programmers that, that they're doing something. So the Jim is basically giving them some plans or some instructions, some directions, some goals, I don't know, something which Jim is, as a project manager can create. So he can give these two people something. And then they start to work, and they start to communicate between each other. And the more they work, the longer they stay together, the, the, the more intensive is the communication between them, between them. So they talk to each other and they talk less and less to the gym because they need less and less information from the gym because they can, they can basically resolve most of the problems by themselves. And that's how Jim becomes this coordinator because Jim starts to oversee what's going on instead of telling them what to do. And I think like this is the, the, the basic symptom and I think it's happening because we have this, you know, intensive, this big communication channel between these two people. This may sound 
that may sound strange, but I'm going to say to you that we, and in the end of the presentation I'll show you how, that we need to break that and do not allow these people to talk to each other. This is how we can improve the situation and get back to the position where Jim controls things. Where Jim is actually a project manager. And these people are project members. Sounds interesting. So I see three problems, actually, which are three of them, which are coming from the situation where people intensively communicate to, communicate to, each, other, to each other in the team, and the project manager is, is, is becoming a somebody who has no control of what's going on. The project manager is getting away and away and more and more away from the situation. The situation basically just happens. And, and what we can do, the only thing we can do is only oversee and report to the upper management what is happening. But this is not what the project management is about, like I just said. The project management is about making things happen, not seeing how they happen. So the first problem, which comes from this, from, come, comes from this intensive meeting situation, is granularity of tasks. The more people communicate to each other, the more they have this informal communication, the bigger their tasks are becoming and the more difficult it is to manage them. So it's easy, it's easy to manage a project which consists, let's say, a hundred small tasks. Because in this case, the project management can actually use this uh, uh, critical change path, chain path, for example, and all the management technologies when there's some tasks on the diagram. When on the diagram we have just two big tasks, we cannot manage them anymore. They're not manageable. If your schedule has just two big uh, two big uh, tasks, then there is no management anymore. You just hope that this one will finish in time and hope that that one will finish in time. That's the only thing you can do, just hope. But if you have a hundred of them, then you start to use the instruments of proper management. You can change them, you can break them down, you can compose them, you can do something with them. You can really manage the process. The bigger the task, the more difficult it is for you as a manager to manage them. This is like, I mean, it's, it's just mathematically, fundamentally, uh, fundamental idea of, of all these time management uh, instruments we have from the PMO. So we need to have high granularity. We need to have small tasks in order to be able to manage the whole, the whole picture. When people talk to each other intensively, they naturally will try to combine tasks together because they don't like to be controlled. They don't like to be told what to do every second day. They like to work for as long as possible without supervision. And that's why they will tell you that, like, hey, we just discussed to each other, we will combine these two tasks together, and then three tasks together. And then in the end, you will just know that there is one big task, which is called sprint number five. And there are five people working on that. Oh, that's great. Let's just check that both of them are in the office. Good. Do they have coffee machine? Yes. Does it work? Yes. Great. I'm a project manager. But this is not what the project management is about. The project management is about giving instructions and, and giving results, giving, giving tasks and getting results, and doing it intensively doing that frequently. But when the granularity is low, when all the tasks are big, then you cannot manage them. And it's happening when people talk to each other without your, I mean, even without, even with you, but if they have the possibility to communicate intensively without, uh, you know, addressing back the management plans or documents and anything, they don't need documents for the, for the meeting. They basically just talk. No documentation is involved, no risk management plan is involved. They, they just resolve the call, talk to Mary and say, hey, you're working on this file and I'm working on that file. Let's just change because it's faster. Do you know how it works? Yes. Okay, we'll change the tasks. They do change the tasks. They continue to work. 
but you're not involved anymore. These decisions are made by them. So they naturally combine tasks together, and tasks become bigger and less manageable. This is one big problem, granularity. So I think that for good management, we need, we need tasks and plans of high granularity. They will make us really project managers, and they will make people who work with us uh, being under control. No matter how, you know, maybe not so nice and polite sound, but this is how it should be. The people in the project, I mean, the team has to be under control. We, I mean, the project manager has to control the team, not the team control the project manager. The project manager has to tell them what to do, and they have to obey. This is what the, the, the project management is about. We are not, otherwise, it's not the project management anymore. Otherwise, it's just a group work of people who just, you know, good friends. But in that case, we're not, we shouldn't be reading PM book, and we shouldn't be talking about project management. We can talk about project supervision, or uh, just group work, or something like that. So in the project management, project manager has to control and direct people. And he or she cannot do that if tasks are too big and they will become big if people are able to communicate between each other in, in, informally and, and quite frequently. The second problem, there's three of them. The second problem is that when people communicate and, and, and they have these meetings every day and they sit together in the same office and they, they work as a group and they like each other, and they're friends, and they're, they're, we have this team building, and, and there's a very good team spirit, all these values of agile management. Some of them, and most of them, will become experts. Experts in the technologies and the product which they are developing. And this is a bad thing for a project. Again, this may sound quite not usual, but I'm, I'll explain why. The more experts you have, the more subject experts you have in the project, the bigger is the problem for you as a project manager. The project becomes unmanageable if you have some resources, some people who are first of all not replaceable, and second of all, they know more than somebody else. They start to control you. Again, we're getting back to that situation. You're becoming just a supervisor and just a coordinator if there's somebody who tells you what's gonna happen tomorrow with the product, who's gonna tell you whether it's possible to do or not, and, and only this person decides. So he's, he's giving you some information, he, he's an expert, he's giving you the knowledge, but if he has too much knowledge, then the, the problem is, first of all, he's not replaceable. And the second is that, uh, that everybody else around this person don't feel comfortable to work in this team. If there's some, you know, some experts which possess some knowledge which is not available anyhow else except talking to this person. So subject, subject matter expert, so-called, in a project is a problem for a project manager because the project is less manageable. Resources, people as well, have to be replaceable, have to be uh, managed. Replaceable equals manageable. If the resource is replaceable, let's, let's talk not about people, let's talk about some resources like, uh, like you know, you, to build a house you need some concrete and you need bricks. If you only can use certain type of bricks and certain type of concrete, and, and to get these resources, you, you, you are very limited to specific supplier, then this, man, this project is way more difficult for you to manage than if the bricks are available on the market everywhere and the concrete is available everywhere. So the more experts you have, the less manageable is, is it for you, the project. And experts, they show up when people talk to each other informally and they, they, they become experts organically, naturally, 
because they have this informal communication channel. They just talk to each other in the same room, they sit together, they learn more and more about the product, about what they are doing, and they become experts. And they know more than, it, than somebody else, and then it's difficult to manage them. And they start to manage you. They tell you what's going on. They inform you about what's going on. They inform you how far are we in, the, in this development. This is where we are in the sprint. So you're just basically coming to them and saying, what's going on? Update me, please. And they update you. And you're just getting back to the, to the higher management and saying, this is what's going on. And they say, okay, how about we make it faster? You go back and say, can you make it faster? They say, yes, we can make it faster. And you go back. What is this? What are you doing? You're just, you're just basically transferring information. That's all. You're not managing these people. But you are basically translating what they are telling you to the upper management. This is not what project management is about. This is just the role of, I don't know, a, a computer can do that, a monkey can do that. Project manager for something else. A manager is somebody who is coming there and saying, this is the way we're gonna go. I break down this task on three, and you guys gonna rotate your roles and do it that way. Are you comfortable with that? Yes, okay, let's do it. But you make decisions as a manager. You direct them. It's not what's happening now in agile teams, I think. And this is not what agile is, is, is telling us to do. And I don't like that. And number three. The biggest problem. The more, are you still following? Yeah. Tired? No? no. I'm, I'm, I'm close. Slide number seven. Uh, so the problem number three, which will, this is the biggest one. Um, if these people work again in the same room, talking informally and being becoming friends, uh, they will eventually and quite soon define their own rules of management. The, the rules of, the like social rules, the, 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 the rules which show up just, if you put just, let's say, our group together in this room and lock the door, then probably in just five or maybe 10 hours, there will be some leaders here, there will be some followers here, there will be some unspeakable rules here, I mean rules which are not written, but, 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 but we're not gonna declare them, but we will understand them that you better not touch this guy, but you better talk to that guy. He's like a leader, he's responsible for, for the water, that guy is responsible for something else. So these rules will, will organically be created. And if we stay here for five days, then you will see what happens. These rules will become quite ugly. And we will be, <laughs> it's not gonna be a comfortable room anymore. The same happens in, in projects which are not managed from top to down and are managed by naturally created teams, by teams who build these rules by themselves. These rules which they create, they will inevitably be quite ugly. So there will be politics involved, there will be some, um, some this, again, these experts in something which will influence somebody else. These people will understand that in order to achieve something, they, are not, they cannot go anymore to the project manager. They, can need, they need to talk to this guy who is sitting then in the corner because he is responsible for that part of of, of the server, for example, and if you need to get the information, you better bring him coffee, and this is the way you get the information. So all these social instruments, they will show up, and, and, and you will, first of all, not be able to control that, and second of all, good people will leave. Because, like I'm saying, a lot of politics, a lot of, a lot of these games which will, show, which, will be, uh, which will be created, they will, uh, they will, uh, I mean, Good people will not like them. I mean, good programmers, I mean, technically good, not experts, not subject matter experts, but professionals who like to work according to the rules defined by the management. So the manager in properly managed projects, why this, the PM book is all about this so-called plans, management plans. 
scope management plan, time management plan, staffing management plan, risk management plan, you know these plans. So these key instruments of a project management, which have to be defined in the project by the project manager, and then distributed among everybody, and everybody has to work according to this document. This is how rules have to be defined. But if they're not defined, if I mean, you can't define them, but then you put people in the same room and they will put these documents away because they're, they, they, they sit to each other way closer than the documents. The documents are published somewhere in the conference, but who cares about the conference? These guys like coffee in order to give me some, some, some result. So I really need to pay attention more to the, to the quality of coffee that I bring to this guy instead of the, the staffing management plan, which is somewhere defined. So the closer they stay to each other, the easier it is for them to define their own rules instead of respecting your rules. So it's difficult for you as a project manager to tell them like, hey guys, stop talking right now. Don't care about like, don't pay attention to your, uh, to your social positions in, in, this, in this team, but pay attention to my, to my management plan, which I just published in conference just a few hours ago. It's quite difficult if they stay together and they allow to talk to each other. Again, I'm trying to say that meetings are, this whole presentation is about meetings. So I'm trying to say that meetings in a, in a team is a bad thing in general. So the more you have meetings and informal communications, the more you allow people to informally talk to each other about work, the more difficult it is to manage this thing. And, and, and in, in eventually, in the end, you will become not a project manager, but a coordinator. You will be just talking about these values, big plans, objectives, goals, all this agile noise, which is not about managing, not about management. And that's what the current, that's what the modern project managers are. Just people who are, like they have more social skills than some programmers, they are more communicative than some programmers, they, they can easily, uh, they can more stress, stress resistant, so that's why they call them project managers. Not because they can write a proper scope management plan, nobody cares about that anymore. We care just about how can you handle stress. When the management is calling you and screaming at the phone, can you take that and just get back to the team and explain them what's wrong? Yes, oh you're a good project but this is not what PMBOK is about. So this is problem number three. So we'll have three problems which, which will come from this, uh, from this meeting and, uh, and, will, and will ruin your role as a project manager. So I have a solution, which I'm using in my company for the last three years. I'm managing 100 programmers and we're developing software for the last three years, a little bit more. We finished so far about 25 projects and uh, we have eight pay, paying customers and we develop software, custom software. So it's like normal management of programmers. And this is how we do it. And this is how I think all management should be done. This is what PMBOK is saying actually. Uh, we need to have, according to PMBOK, we need to have project management information system, PMIS. This is the term from PMBOK. And we need, to we need to have that plans, so-called. There are many of them. Scope, time, I just mentioned that. Risk management, all that plan. So project management information system lets us communicate. It's a system where we get information about what's going on and where we put information about what's going on. So when I'm, as a, when I'm Paul, for example, I'm working on something, I'm a programmer. Every time I need some information, I should go to the project management information system. Not to my friend Mary, sitting to the next to me, but I should go up, I should go to the system which contains the information I need. And I, don't, I need to have plans there. So the plans will tell me how I should what, should, what should I do with the information, how I should use this information. 
What do I do with the risk? What do I do when something goes wrong? What do I do when the server goes down? What do I do when Mary is not delivering what, it's, what she's supposed to deliver? Do I, when am I, am I trying to resolve it by, by, uh, uh, by bringing more coffee to Mary? Or do I go to peer project, or do I go to the system and get the information about how I resolve the particular problem? So it has to be designed that way. And actually this is PM Bog, not, not me talking. It has to be PMIS and plans. The plans need to be defined. How you define them, it depends on the project. We don't have plans in our team defined like specific pages, like different documents. We have just one long policy. Not long, but like about five pages. <coughs> policy with items, paragraphs, which says what happens when you do this, what happens when you do that. What happens when Mary is not delivering to you? What do you do? You do that. What happens when you want to get more money? I mean, you want to raise on a salary. You do that. You apply, you fill this form, you do that way. So we explain basically the, the basic rules of work to the programmers. And, and, and they, 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 they know how to find this, where to find these rules and, and how to, to get them. We, call them. we don't call them plans, but we do it according to PMBOK. We define it policy. You can do the same. But it's really important to have the, the management system and to have plans. For the management system, it could be JIRA, for example. JIRA is a good project management information system. It's just a place where it can go electronically and find all the information. It has to be formal. That's the point. It shouldn't be informal. It should be formal. So I need to know formally where to go and get the information. I shouldn't talk to Mary. I should go to, yeah. What do you mean by saying formal? Uh, formal, I mean that uh, that uh, that it is written. That it's that it's written first it's of all. Enough? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, definitely okay. first oh, of all. It's formal. definitely written. Yeah, and and second, it's that um, that there has to be some formality in organization of this text. So it shouldn't be just just long, long, long piece of text. But it has to be some structure there. So the sheet, big sheet of paper on the wall, is it formal or not? If it's on the wall, if it's comfortable for you to manage the big piece of yeah, paper on the wall. Yeah, burn down chart. Yeah, that, that would be good. But for me, it doesn't sound quite, quite modern because we are in, you know, this is 2016 and piece of paper on the wall. It doesn't really sound like really the, the best solution. But if it works for you, then go for it. Yeah. For us, we are using GitHub. So GitHub, this is where we keep the code, and the GitHub has this ticketing system. So all the problems we resolve through ticketing system. Something doesn't work for you, you submit the ticket. Something is not clear in the project, you submit the ticket. Something you you want to like the project manager wants to give you the task, there is a ticket for it. The project manager wants to you, you you see the risk in the project, you submit the ticket. So we communicate through tickets. The ticket has a number and a number of messages. The, the number, the text, the title, and then messages, messages, messages. Quite informal, you may say. It's not like we don't use any forms, and we don't we don't ask people to fill any forms. We just let them talk by using the number. But it's still good enough. I mean, for us, and we have the policy. But this is not the key. The key is here. We do not allow them to talk. We have these barriers, and this is the most interesting part of the of the presentation. We do not allow them to talk. So we do, we have no communication channels between Paul and Jim, aside from project management information. So the Paul cannot call Mary. Paul cannot reach Mary in Skype. Paul cannot use Slack to talk to Mary. Paul can only go to management system, file a ticket, get a response there, and then Mary will talk to him. What, what if they are in the same room? They cannot. They, they cannot. Well, in our case, in our case, they all we have a hundred programmers who are in different countries. So they are all freelancers. They are all contractors. They work from different places. So for us, it's quite easy. Because we just don't give each other, we just don't, we just don't tell them where they are. 
They just don't. <laughs> they just don't know each other. You hate them. No, no, no. We love them. I mean, we talk to them. We talk a lot. We have a lot of conversations going on. But all these conversations are, are happening in project management in, in our information system. So they talk. Paul talks to Mary a lot. But all these conversations are under control. And the manager, the gym, is also in this system. So the manager is not like a big dictator staying on top of them and just telling them what to do by calling them and saying, hey, Mary, don't talk to anybody. This is your task. Just do it now. No, the gym is, exact, is exactly the same member of the team and, as these two programmers. The gym also stays in the system and, and sees how they, come, they communicate and also communicates with them. But it's all happening in one system where it's formal. The communication is informal. And that's how we enforce everybody to follow our plans, to do what the policy says. And that's how we control the project. Not they control us. Not these two guys control Jim. And Jim just seeing what's going on and, and just observing and then telling me as a, as a CTO of a company, like, you know what? In this project, we have this situation. No, I'm telling Jim, this is the situation I want to happen in the project. And he's telling me when this situation is going to happen. Because he, is, he has the control. Because all this, because everything I just explained before, he doesn't have. Because there are no informal poll, cannot, they cannot find each other. They cannot make the rules between them because the rules are defined. They cannot, the granularity of task is defined by the project manager. The project manager says, this is your task and the size of this task is two hours. They cannot just talk to each other and say, hey, I have two hours task and you have two hours task. How we, how we combine them and, and Jim will be happy. Jim will be happy, of course. He doesn't need to control two tasks, just one is enough. Of course, in the beginning, Jim will be happy. And then we are combine more tasks and then more. And then what will happen? There's gonna be one big, huge task called sprint number five. And then Jim will be just waiting until the end of the week, basically doing nothing, just checking the coffee machine. And then in the end, this sprint number five is done, yes or no, that's all. No, it's not happening. Jim is defining the size of the task. Jim is telling them, you have two hours task and you have two hours task. But they can't, they can't result, they cannot, you know, make any agreements aside from Jim's control. So this is it, I'm finished actually. This is my last slide. So here's my blog. If you're interested, you can check it out and read more about it. I'm done, thanks. Now questions. <laughs> yeah. No emails. We don't have any emails. They go to, this, to the project, to PMIS, to the to information system, and they check everything there. They check what's going on. They have the status updates. They have all the information there. If there's something is not enough, they file a complaint and say, hey, I need this information. Where do I get that? And then this complaint comes to project manager, and project manager and me, we decide what to do. Do you need this information? Yes. Looks like these guys, they need this information. Okay, we're going to publish it that way. But we're never gonna say like, hey, no problem, now let's, let's make a call, let's make a meeting, and we're gonna share this information. No, we always understand that if there's not enough information for programmers, they don't understand something, it's our problem. We need to solve that, it's a problem of the management system. So we need to make the, this information system more powerful, more informative, more, more, you know, more full of information for them. And we update that, the management system becomes better, and all the projects are becoming happier. So, yeah. Do you have teleconferences? No, no teleconferences, no okay. Skype meetings, no Slack, something. If you have something that requires three different people to do something, pretty much at the same time, uh, it, it's all written down there and they need to agree in the system. Yeah, we just create we just create the ticket. Sometimes it happens. We create the ticket and then people jump into this ticket in GitHub or in Jira, you know how it happens. They post comments and they discuss what they need to discuss and work works quite well. How does it work with 
being experts? Should it? Because there is always some merit that everybody goes to uh, regarding some issues. She will be the expert anyway, even if you have this. No, well, uh, the, the, the thing is that when, uh, when there is, when Paul needs some information, and you're saying that only Mary knows yeah, what's going on, then Paul submits a, a problem, like I have a request, I need a piece of information. And then Jim decides where to get this information. If Jim sees that Mary is knowing too much now, and most of the requests are coming to Mary, then there's a problem. But we see it in the beginning. And then we say, okay, let this question be answered not by Mary, but by Yegor. And then I'm saying like, hey, I don't know anything about that, but this is my task, and I need to learn for about that. So I'm becoming an expert. So Jim is managing who is the expert, who knows what. So the knowledge is managed by, by the project. It's not just naturally being grown, like the Mary organically just eventually becomes a big expert because it's out of our control. No, we control who is the expert, who knows what, who is, who is working on what pieces of the software. Okay, but using Jira, you cannot control, uh, and you talked about Jira, so I'm mm -hmm. using Jira as well as Yahoo. You can't control who is going to answer the question. No, we can't. The, the gym makes the decision. The question comes in, it's a, it's a task which needs to be resolved, so we assign this task to somebody and say, this is your job to answer this question. Right. So it's not, it's not just happening voluntarily, it's not that we allow them to answer questions. We, we give them tickets and say, this is your job to answer the ticket, and they answer, they provide the answer. And then we're bringing it back to the, to the person who created the ticket and saying, are you happy with the answer? And this person says, yes, I'm happy, then we close the ticket. If it's not happy, then we're saying, hey, so they communicate, so they, these people, they communicate, but through us. Yeah. If you have this gym, isn't that like a bottleneck? How many people can gym manage? If we have well, we have some software which helps us to automate this work. So we, in our project, we have like up to 20, about 20 programmers sometimes. By one gym? Yeah, one gym, yeah, one person. Well, we don't have like hundreds of tasks a day, of course. We have like 10, 20 tasks per day, something like that, being managed. So it's a full-time job for a manager. Plus, we have some software which helps us to automate that. So if some task is coming in and we obviously know what's, what, what, needs to be, what, what needs to happen with this task, we can automatically assign it to somebody. But it's a combination of, of we need to, of course, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm, I'm saying that we need, this is probably requires some tools and some training for the gym and some, some different skills. But that's how it should be. We don't have any celebrations at the end of the project. We just celebrate. We just celebrate with paychecks. Yeah, we just send them paychecks and they celebrate wherever they want to celebrate. But that's a good question. So look at the uh, in, in where I see like working with this so many people. I've I've, I've been working with a, a few hundred of people over the last three years, and it looks like the more professional they are, the more you know high skilled engineers they are. They the less they appreciate all this noise around around them. So they really appreciate when, the, when we're disciplined and we focus our tasks on the technical things, on the technical problems. So we, we, we talk about technical stuff and we make jokes around technical problems, not around the, the coffee machine which is broken. So when the team is, when, when the group of people, when the, when the software team 
really appreciate people making a lot of fun, a lot of noise, a lot of jokes in the office, then good programmers will eventually leave. Because this is not what professional programmers really want to get from the work. They want to grow professionally. So this, this human aspect is important, of course. So we do communicate. We have a lot of talks in this, in this, but in written format. Like people communicate on Facebook. They don't see each other, but they write comments. You know how it happens. This is like modern world. The same happens there in projects. So they talk to each other, they communicate. But there's not so much noise in there. Not so much this uh, social aspect. We're talking about work. I mean, we're being paid for, for, for delivering product. And, and professional programmers, they don't need us to make too many jokes around their tasks. Just give us the proper task, properly defined, pay for it, and I'm happy to do it as long as it's, 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 it's challenging enough for me, it's interesting enough for me. So I, 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 I had a fear of that in the beginning, like when I started. I thought like, wait, people may say like, I don't want to work in that environment because it's kind of anti-human, you may say, right? You, you're not basically, you're not shaking my hand in the morning, right? You're not saying like, hey, hello, good morning, like, how, you, how was your party yesterday? But now we see that it's actually a good thing because we don't have this noise. People, professional programmers, they appreciate it. And me as well. So I'm also a programmer in this. So I play the role of a Paul or Mary quite often in many projects. So I do also write code. And I also play the role of Jim. So I can, I can, I can, I can compare what's the, what's, the, what's the effect. And I'm as a programmer, I really like the way, because I also see in teams and I was working as a programmer in a normal team, like in a big office, when the, on Friday there's a beer time, and on Monday there's half a day people doing nothing, basically they're just, just relaxing after the Sunday. It's really, it's really, uh, really uh, demotivates me as a professional developer, really demotivates Because I feel like my life is being spent on something which I don't want to spend it for. Because if I, want to really, I really want to have fun, I can find a way how to have fun outside of the office. In the office I come here to grow professionally, to deliver my professional results. I mean, that's if I'm a professional developer. If I'm just sitting here for you know spending my lifetime and just uh, waiting for the paycheck at the end of the month, then yes. But these people kind of don't work with us. We are more with senior developers. That was a question. So I have the feeling that you created it just to feel better, mm -hmm. not to improve exactly. anything. Because to you think that everybody is like you. Uh, they like to be in closed uh, room. Maybe in the jail, it's okay. I can be in the jail and like we can be your programmer and connect with, with your system. So it's the best, I think it's the best job when I will be in the jail. <laughs> because I'm alone, I have nothing to do, I can write code and I'll be rich when I will live. So that's my first idea. The second idea is it's okay when uh, you, want, you really know what to do and uh, you feel that you are the best in the world and you are the, the person who is doing your job in the best way. But uh, my uh, experience is that when the product is not very well defined, uh, to find how to start with this, how to work over this, to uh, find out the new ways of uh, how it should work, I need to talk to somebody. With me, I have a problem. I can't really uh, think uh, creatively what I'm only with myself. So I need the um, partner, other person, even just to talk and tell about my idea and listen to, is it, is it stupid or not? 
What do you think? Can you say me something? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got the question. I got two questions. The first about the jail thing. Uh, that, that's a good comment, not the first time I hear it. But for me, as I see it, as I, as I talk to programmers and they give me feedback, I, as a, as according to my experience as a programmer before, in, working in a traditional environment and traditional office, I feel like the traditional office is a jail, actually. And this is a freedom. Because in the office, when you have to be there from 9 till 5, you have to spend your lifetime on that. You have to be with these people which you don't necessarily like, which are basically they're hired, not but because I really they're like them, but because they're here. So when you join the company, there are like 15 people around, you do like all of them, not necessarily, mostly, most of them will not be so likable. So this is jail. This is where you're supposed to spend your life and you're really spending your time and they're paying you for that. So this is really enslaving as far as I understand, this traditional, traditional in the office environment. Because like I'm saying, this is not my, this is against my will. I'm staying there because I need money. So I need money, I have to talk to these people, I have to shake their hands, I have to be with them in the same room. Well, I kind of, like I'm saying, some of them will be good people, but most of them will not be. I mean, they will not be a good fit for me. The people I like, they stay in my home. Like my family, that's the people I want to be with. I mean, spend my lifetime. But these people are just professionally to work with me. I give them my results, I give them my Java code, they give me the Java code, I get the money, then I go back to, my, to the freedom, and I, and I spend my time there. So this is how it should, the freedom should look like. So this is jail comment, which makes sense, but I think it's quite the opposite. Again, according to the comments I'm getting from programmers as well, they, they do write me back. And we're getting about five, 10 applications every day from people who want to work with us. We're not accepting everybody, we're accepting just a few, but people are coming in and saying, I want to work in that environment. They're listening to my presentations, they, they know what, how we do it. Some of the projects are open, so we do some projects on open source. So, I mean, our management, how we manage projects, is available on GitHub, you can, you can see it. And they come and say, I want to be with you. I hate sitting in this huge office, and I really hate it here. So I want to be free, I want to work as a free programmer, as a freelancer, not as an office yes, slave. Because I'm working as freelancer, so uh -huh. I have a lot of freedom, like you said. So for me, after some time, I need just to communicate with somebody to get some new ideas. To that's, go an further, that's the second to, question, yes. Uh, do something better, because of course, I agree with you that uh, because I am working primarily by myself, there is no problem. I have no problem with I have to talk instead of working. Mm -hmm. But I feel that from time to time, I need to meet people. Real, not by writing, not by Facebook, not by LinkedIn or other communication device like. Yeah, I got it. I got the second question. So uh, you're saying that some ideas are uh, sometimes we need in order to in order to move forward, in order to understand yes. what needs to be done, in order to create something, we need to talk personally, right? To share yes. ideas, to sit together, use the whiteboard, and, and communicate like that. That's why. That's I was true. Asking about this whiteboard. That's exactly true. But this is because we're not skilled enough. We don't know how to do the same in a written format. We are just not skilled enough. It's like saying, you know what? Uh, I don't speak Polish and you don't speak Russian, so we just need Sorry, to say I speak Russian. You speak Russian, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's say you don't, let's say you don't. And I would say, you know what? In order for me to communicate you my idea, we need to be in the same room so I can show you that. So I can use my fingers, I can explain it with the pictures, that's the how you understand it. That's true, but maybe maybe I will learn Polish. And the problem is solved. 
So that's the same here. So I have, a, I have an article about that, about the architecture, about how the, not exactly for project manager, but for architects. It's a typical problem. Software architects, they say, we need meetings where we can discuss our diagrams and explain all the programmers how the software architecture is made. We need meetings because, you know, good architects, they stay in front of the whiteboard, explain their programmers, they discuss how to design the database, how to design this, the software architecture, how to do it. We need meetings for that. And I'm saying, no, we don't. We need better architects. We need architects who know how to do that using documentation, using, using source code, using electronic instruments. It's, it's, just, it's just bad architects, not the bad instrument. It's not, just, it's not just the meeting is the only solution, not the whiteboard is the only solution. No, definitely not. It's just a bad architect who is not capable, who is not skilled enough to communicate his ideas and collect feedback from programmers. Look at the, source, look at the open source projects in the world, which are created by teams of people who never know each other sometimes. But they still can communicate, they can share ideas, they talk a lot, they create these news groups, they create these, uh, I don't know, Slack channels or whatever. They use something, some electronic instrument to communicate, to discuss their ideas. And it works. The best, the best software in the world is open source software. It's like obvious. So it means that it's possible. But for the traditional architects, it's way easier to go to the office, spend three hours in the meeting, drink some coffee, enjoy it, get paid for it by three hours, yes. and then say, like, this is the only way. I but it's not. What you are talking about is the white, black world. Yeah. But usually the reality is something between. I don't like office like you described. I'm, if I will have some like this, maybe I will leave it. Mm -hmm. But I don't like in the... Uh, word like you described here. You don't like, like the pure, pure electronic communication. Yes. So uh, the question is uh, Just give it how some time. long people stay with you working in this way? Well, we have people working for three years already. Three years. Three years. Yeah. I, can, I can say 30 years. We're too young for that. But three years, I have programmers working for three years. I have some people who are working with me for three years. Not some, but most of them. Not most of them. All of them. I've never met anyone. We never talked to any of them. We never had any personal like meetings. But they worked for three years, and they made like some of them like I don't know tens of thousand dollars already, already. Sometimes even more from on my projects. I mean, I get the, I get paid by customers, and I distribute this money among these programmers. So they earned a lot of money. Never ever talked to me. Never 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 had any communications with me. So because we have instruments, we use these instruments to to discuss our ideas, and all our discussions they stay in the project management information. All our discussions, they're traceable, you can get back to them, you can, you can open some project and then you can see what decisions were made three years ago on that online, online, online discussion. You can trace everything back and see how we discussed that, what was the decision, who made the decision, everything. All the, 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 all the thoughts were suggested, all the ideas were suggested, all the risks discussed, everything. So this is just a matter of time. So it's like, it's like if we would talk about 10 years ago, you would say, I would never uh, see my friend on this small screen, like updating this news and posting photographs on this small screen. No, I would rather take the paper photographs and visit my friend at home and, and, and sit together and drink some tea. But the reality is different now. Look at the Facebook. We never see these people for years, but we see their pictures every day. We know their kids, we know what they have for breakfast, we know everything about them. It's just having our phone. The same will happen, these electronic instruments are just coming to our life. But I'm, you know, we're, we're not teenagers anymore, yes, but let's try to think how these teenagers will work in 20 years. In 20 years, this is going to be the, the only way people will communicate only electronically, mostly electronically. 
they will quite rarely meet each other. So this is going to be way easier for people in 20 years to discuss electronically, to discuss online, than to discuss personally. Yes, I agree with you because I was working a lot of time with discussing electronically and uh, what I discovered that after a month of working electronically, when we had one meeting, when we drink beer together, talking about different things, and then go back to these electronic devices, it was much better to communicate. That's what <coughs> I'm talking about. That's, that's I'm true. not uh, saying that it's totally wrong, that I'm saying it's not enough. Usually people change job in three years. That's why I was asking you about the time people are working with you. I can work in day in a such way, for example, about three, four years using my knowledge. And after that time, you will discover that, that I am bad programmer. I am bad uh, uh, business analyst. And you will find better. And I need to go further. And the question is if you help me with going further with learning something new? Well, that's a good question. People who work with us, they learn a lot. They, they, they very, like, very often they, they email me saying that thanks very much for, even people who we fire sometimes. Sometimes we just, you know, we fire people because they, well, basically we don't really like fire them, but they quit sometimes because they can't, they can't keep up with the, with the speed of work and our, because we're, we're very, our quality bar is very high. We're not discussed, I was not discussing it here, but also our, our, the attention we pay on quality of the results is also very high. And people sometimes can, can't work like that and they quit. And then email me saying like, thank you very much for the, for the lessons I learned, for the, for the school I've got here, for, for, the, for, the, uh, for the discipline I've got. So, for, so I understood how the properly managed team has to work. Because now I'm getting back to this in the office work with these agile managers who do nothing except telling me about how important this project is. And that's it. They're not giving me any plans, they're not managing me, they're not controlling me, they're just telling, keep telling me the value, the value, the value, and then the coffee machine. But we need, <laughs> sorry about mentioning this coffee machine, but this is really, <laughs> this is really like... Do you like coffee? Uh, no, no, I don't <laughs> drink coffee, but, but still, you got the idea, yeah? So people pay attention to how basically enslave programmers instead of manage them. So let them put in the office, let them basically close the door from nine till five, let's give them the big picture of how beautiful it's gonna be in the future, this product, and then let them do something, I don't know what. And then they will come out of this room in a week and they will produce something for me. And if I'm lucky, it's gonna be some results. If I'm not lucky, then I will probably change some the, the coffee machine. So, but that's the only thing I can change. So this is answering, I forgot the question. <laughs> Sorry, we have more, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, some of the benefits of, of your work, um, but I was thinking about uh, how this is uh, reflected by, and you mentioned about fantasy and robots, so yeah. uh, do you, can you say actually that your projects are more done within time, cost, and scope? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. I can say that, well actually PMBOK is not, um, as far as I understand PMBOK, PMBOK is not it's not a guarantee that the project will be done faster. It's not a guarantee that the project will be cheaper. It's not a guarantee that the project will take less resources. PMBOK and the whole project management principles are about knowing when it's going to be done and knowing how much it's going to cost. This is, this is the only thing which PMBOK gives us, is that we know exactly, or with more or less like defined accuracy or defined precision, that when the project will be finished and how much it's going to cost. 
This is the only thing which we involve. And then we, we look at this information, then we bring this information to the sponsor and say, look, it, this project is going to be finished in three months and five days. And then the project manager, the, the, the ownership, the, um, uh, sorry, the sponsor, the sponsor says, no, three months and five days is too much. We need two months. And then we get back and then we reorganize something and then come back and say, okay, now it's two months, but $1 million more. And then he says, no, three months was good. Okay, we get back again, reorganize something. Okay, now it's again three months, a million dollars off the budget. This is what project management was. It's about, it's not about guaranteeing anything. The project manager doesn't give any guarantees. The project manager just, just the main job of a project manager is to accurately report, to, accurate, to, to, to give the accuracy about, about the situation and then, and then be able to, to, to manipulate with this cost, quality, and scope in order to, to change the situation. Are you able Yeah, exactly, 100% of them. Because, because, because the, according to what I said, if you know, if you always know exactly when it's going to be done, I mean, are you talking about the initial estimate? We estimate for three months, and then in three months we actually. Agree, or they would decline, for example, it would be three months, one million dollars, and you are starting. So, mm -hmm. uh, how many, how, how, how many percentage of those projects are finishing with this kind of success? So, decline and agree to decline. It's way more than before. So when I started my career in software development, it was a long time ago, and I was doing traditional programming with traditional people sitting in the office. I also had 100 programmers in Ukraine, but they were in the same office, and I was doing that for 10 years. So I had a lot of problems with that, and most of the project we failed. Like in all outsourcing industry, the entire outsourcing industry is full of failures. So mostly projects fail. I mean fail, they don't meet the deadline, they don't meet the scope uh, objectives, they don't meet the budget expectations. They basically <laughs> failed miserably, most of them. And that, that happened to me as well. We failed in most, mostly all projects which I was doing, and I was being paid for, we failed. And now it's not happening like that. Now we fail less, way less. The, the, so this, this type of management actually helped us a lot. So to answer your question, I cannot give exact numbers, but I can, uh, probably because it's recorded, so <laughs> but I can say that we are doing way better. And I'm, I feel, myself way more comfortable being that type of project manager, being this gym, comparing to what I was doing five to seven years ago. When I was that type of manager who basically hope on the result and rely on the on the honesty of programmers and that's it. Yeah. Do we enforce some kind of a response time? Uh, because I'm, I'm just saying we're having a QA session. If this was done for PMIS, it would take us a QA. To, to ask you a question, you would reply, then the lady would ask you a exactly. question, you yeah. would reply. Yeah. So it's super inconvenient way of communicating if you're doing it through a system instead of calling each other or video conferencing. That's the new way I see. So is there like a limit if I don't reply in 15 minutes, you would fire me? Uh, so you're saying that the way we communicate here is not actually... It's much, much better than what you... Than what I'm suggesting. Unless you, you have the discipline that if you don't respond in 15 minutes, you well, have the communication. So well, here, happen, yeah, that's, that's true, but here there's nobody is managing, there's no project involved here, there's no money involved here. So basically we are just uh, talking and, and the, the knowledge I'm giving you, I, I don't care about do you understand me, I, I mean I don't care what you do with this knowledge, you're not, my, you're not members of my project, so nobody pays me to teach you actually, to train you, so if somebody would come to me and say, you know what, we have 50 people in this room, and my job is to give you some information, some knowledge in one week, and I need to guarantee that you will understand this information. I would definitely not do it that way, definitely not. 
because this is a waste of time. I would just give you some information online, I would ask you to, to read it, I would ask you to give me back questions, I would answer that questions. that's the way I would do it, but not that way, because this is obviously a waste of time. I'm recording it now, so it's not going to be a complete waste, it's going to be on YouTube, but if we skip the recording, then it's a complete, I mean, it's, it's so ineffective, because the, the way you get information, most of you will forget it in a few hours, most of you will lose this information, most of you will not be, well, most of you don't pay attention right now, some of you don't pay attention. You're just listening, it's just yet another, yet another presentation on the conference. So you're not actually learning as intensively as I would do it if somebody would pay me for that. Okay, so if if they'd be on the payroll, and I mean if, the, if my job would be to, to actually teach you, I would do it completely different. Yeah, but that's not like an answer to the question. The question was, if I'm in your project, yeah. how much time do I have to respond to the ticket? Oh, we usually don't, we usually give people 10 days. So if you have a question, you will have an answer in 10 days. Well, usually it's faster, but the 10 days is maximum, yeah. But usually people respond in like, there are time zone differences, so it takes about one, two, three days sometimes. And isn't it easier just to call me? Yeah, first of all, yeah, on the short term, if there's one question and we need it immediately, then yes, it's easier. But if you look at the project which is running for a year, and then all of these people just doing these easier shortcuts and just calling each other, then in a few months, the whole project is slipping up, out of control. No, it's done. It's done, exactly, but it's done by the team, but not you. You as a project manager. Which is cool, it's done. No, no, I don't think it's cool. No, I don't you think it's, yeah, you, I think that it has to be done by a project manager, not just done. Because in this case, if it's just done, it's basically a matter of luck. So if it's done, you're cool, you're good. But if it's not done, then what? Then nothing, then you can control. So it's better not to be done, but under control. It's better to fail, but keep it under control, than to succeed without control. That's my philosophy. So the project manager has to have everything in his hands or her hands. But not just not just let it not just let it run and then yeah. Okay. The last question. I'll be outside. You can, <laughs> I'll be outside. You can talk to me later. What if people start talking to each other outside outside of the system and start taking some independent decisions? What do you do? With it? it never happened to me. Almost three years. Kill them all. Never happened. They just, they just, yeah, seriously, yeah, I'm not lying, it never happened. Well, most, maybe because they don't know where to find each other, but I think they know where to find each other. They work for a few years, so they know who they are, they know their contact details, but it just, it just didn't happen. Because they kind of see that, what's the point of this Paul talking to Mary when another 20 programmers is talking in the, through the system? So all the conversation is happening in the system, all the talks and discussions are, are happening in the, in the ticketing system. So what's the point of one guy emailing to another guy and say, hey, how about we talk about something else? In this case, I think that guy will just probably report to me or go and say like, hey, how about we go back to the system and talk there? What's the point of breaking the rules? So, but it never happens. Or maybe I don't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the case, but I'm, I'm not aware. Unfortunately, the time Sorry, is time we need over. to finish, but uh, Igor is staying with us, so I hope that the guys who still have the questions will can ask you. Yep. Probably we'll have the date of holding of the conversation. Probably. This is pretty conversion. Right? Yeah. So, but thank you very much for this. How many of you actually like the idea? <laughs> you see? I've got some problems. <laughs> thank you. Don't forget, sorry, if you could stay for just like a couple seconds. Don't forget to use inventory to uh, give the score to Jaeger and other presentations. Uh, and so we have a 15 minutes break right now uh, that will last till 12. And for the leadership, the next presentation will be led by 
Uh, Jakrawczyk and Jerzy Stabicki. So I hope that some of you at least will come to us as well. Thank you very much.